Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope your day is starting off well, if not a little chilly. But that's all right. You can stay in bed a little bit longer. I'll allow it. Unless you have uh, unless you have to get up and go to work. Then I can't help you there. So yesterday, we had continued discussion here and on South Coast Now about the windmill, the wind turbine rather that showed up in Clark's Cove. Uh, Senator Montigny stopped in during South Coast Now and talked with Chris about it. And so what I did is I took some of these senators' quotes and I also got a statement from Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira. That's all up there for you to read at at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. But if you don't live in the area or if you haven't had time to get down to the south end, to West Beach to take a look at this. I did do a little video yesterday. I, I went out there and I actually had to go out to um, to Dartmouth slash, you know, like the the South End area, almost into South Dartmouth. I had to go over there and set up for Chris McCarthy's live broadcast today. From 9 to noon, he will be at Lolly's in Dartmouth. And so I... Figured while I was over there, I'd go over to the wind turbine and take a few photos and maybe a little video. And so I went out onto the jetty, walked all the way to the end of the jetty so I could get as close as I could to this wind turbine. And then did a little Facebook video that um, I embedded into the story. So if you haven't had a chance to see it for yourself, you can see a photo, of course. But does the photo really give you an idea of what it's doing, the scale of it, all that kind of stuff. So I went out there and shot that video on the jetty and had a pretty decent view of it. Now, there's all kinds of settings on my phone for the zoom and all of that that I've never really perfected. But the the shot is pretty clear and you can see exactly what it's doing and realize that it's it's not a big deal. It's not getting in anybody's way. Boats can get around it. It's not interrupting anybody's view. It's just out there collecting some data. However, the question continues about the process and whether or not there needed to be more 
discussion or at least uh, an alerting to the local politicians, to the local media, to the residents of that area. And Senator Montigny, when he was on with Chris yesterday, said, listen, if you are taking state, federal, or local dollars for a project, which T Omega Wind is, they had $800,000 in grants. If you are taking public money for this research, then you need to be accountable to the public for it. And he was pretty clear in saying he doesn't just blame the company for it, that it just as much falls on the New Bedford Port Authority or the city administration because to him, they're one and the same. But someone should have stepped forward and said something about this. Now, from what we understand, the mayor was on vacation. I know one of the PR people for the mayor's office, one of the people who handle these kind of things was out sick. So maybe they didn't have a chance to, to be ahead of this because it happened quickly. But there still hasn't been anything. There's going to be a neighborhood meeting tomorrow. And you can attend that at 6 p.m. at the wastewater treatment facility. If you want to go and hear from T Omega Wind. They'll answer your questions, but I'm sure you're also going to get a little bit of a, a sales pitch, so to speak, on this design of wind turbine. This floating turbine idea. But the question that most people have and the things that most people are concerned about is the process of how. And even in the statement that, um, that Councillor Pereira provided to us for the story, he points out the fact remains that T Omega Wind received the only permit they were required to obtain. And, and that is true. They only needed a mooring permit to put this device out into the water. So should there have been more information about that? Should there have been more decision makers involved in that? That's all something for Councillor Pereira and, and others who, maybe some of the other councillors who live in the South End might want to bring up and, and try to rectify if they feel like there should be a more stringent process than that. If you Again, if you haven't seen it, you can catch some video that I put into the story. Uh, just really, I thought it would be beneficial for anybody who... I, I really just wanted to go out there and get some photos. But I also thought it would be beneficial to show the video to anybody that can't make it down there or hasn't made it down there, just so you can see it in action. And I found the design to be very interesting. Seeing it out there kind of floating on the water. It is anchored, but seeing it kind of floating on the water, you can tell how much lighter it is than the in-the-ground turbines that they're building off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Granted, this one is one-sixteenth of a full-size one. It's only 39 feet when it's at its highest point, and it only weighs 1,500 pounds which, yes, is a lot, but compared to 
other wind turbines. And the video for the company, the T-Omega Wind, shows that when these things are, they're going to be launched fully constructed. It's not like they have to bring components out into the deep ocean and then assemble them out there. They just go out, lay the moorings and the anchors and then come back and get the windmill, the wind turbine, and go out there and hook that up. But the, uh, the video shows a tugboat just pulling it out in one piece. So maybe that is the future of offshore wind. Maybe that is more palatable for people who are against these things being permanently erected in the ocean floor. I know some people are concerned, well, there's still going to be cables along the ocean floor, but there's all kinds of cables along the ocean floor. We've been doing that for a century. So I'm, I'm thinking... That is something that won't make a difference to people who are against offshore wind. It won't matter that these are not permanent structures. They're just against the wind to begin with. And by the way, I'm a supporter of the idea, as, as is Senator Montigny from what he was telling Chris yesterday. I'm a supporter of, yes, we need to start looking at alternative energy sources, but that doesn't mean that you put a deadline on abandoning the other sources that we utilize because I too do not believe that you know the world is doomed and that we only have you know five years left of using fossil fuels before we all die I think that we have the ability to do two things at once and that we should and that maybe the more we can incorporate the alternative sources the less we become dependent on the fossil fuels and the more easily digestible it is for people to, to make that switch. But in order for that to happen, we do need projects like what's happening with Vineyard Wind and other future wind farms. So we can talk more about that if you'd like. But of course, the, the meeting tomorrow night is where you'll get the, the chance to have your say directly to the people that were involved in this, although a lot of them are listening. Then also... Something else that we can discuss, and I wanted to bring this up yesterday, but we, we were so um, wind-heavy yesterday. I mean, I'm wind-heavy every time I get behind the microphone, but we were so heavy on the wind discussion that we didn't get to this yesterday. But the New Bedford Light, Grace Ferguson, had an interesting report a couple of days ago looking at the housing situation in New Bedford and how it's not just the need for low-income housing that will make a difference in this housing crisis. And hear me out on this because I know you're immediately going to say, but there's so many low-income people or, or you know, people in low-income situations that need housing. And right, absolutely. But the idea is that building a mixture of new development will help everyone across the board. That right now, and you know this is true, right now there are people who are living in lower income places, you know, places that would typically be the, the types that were rented out to, to people who were low income families, 
there are people that are in those apartments, condos, townhouses, homes, whatever it may be, who could afford to pay more. But they're in their, where they live because that's what was available when they were looking for a place to live. And because they're just a little bit too short to be able to just go out and buy their own place. And for a landlord, of course, you would want somebody that has that type of situation. Why wouldn't you want somebody who's bringing in, you know, multiple times over what the rent is every month? That's great. You know, you're going to get the check on the first and you're not going to have to deal with somebody who's struggling to pay. Of course, you'd love to have somebody that has stellar credit that proves that they pay their bills. Although I do think that I understand why landlords use the credit report. I also think it's it's overrated by a lot of by a lot of landlords. You know, my credit wasn't great when I moved into my house in Wareham that I lived in for 17 years. And the landlord said, "Well, you know, I'm going to take a take a risk on you." But, you know, we're going to keep you on a tight leash. And I stayed for 17 years. And as he frequently said, you know, best renter he ever had when it came to making sure the rent was paid. But that's because I was homeless on more than one occasion. And I know what it's like to to not have a roof over your head. So that's the first thing I'm going to pay for every month. If I have to eat ramen noodles or not eat at all. Or if I have to sit in the dark or sit in the cold. And there were times that I did that. There were times that I did sit in the dark. There were times that I did have to wait to get an oil delivery. Before he converted to gas. So, I mean, I always made sure that that got paid first. But there are people who are not in that situation, who can easily pay every bill and who are taking up residences that would typically go to people that are lower income. And then if there is higher income property available, they would be interested in moving into those places. And for those of you who say, well, why would they want to move into a place that's $2,200 a month if they're only paying $1,200 a month? Who would voluntarily want to pay $1,000 more for rent? And there are people who would do that because... They would rather live in the area where that $2,200 a month rent is, or they would rather have a nicer place, or they would rather have access to amenities, or they would rather have, maybe they don't have parking where they live. Maybe it's a struggle to get a spot and they can move into a place that has a guaranteed space. There's a lot of factors. Also, it's beneficial if you are going to be going for a mortgage to go from paying $800, $1,000, $1,200, and then get up to $1,600, $2,000, because that's going to be closer to what a mortgage is going to be in today's day and age, you know, depending on what you're buying. And that's going to show the mortgage company, the bank, whoever it may be that's going to give you the loan that you are capable of making those higher payments because it's not just income and 
credit report alone, they're, they want to see that you've already been significantly paying for where you live. So I think that there's, there is a trickle-down effect that people moving into some of this higher-end housing will open up lower-income housing for people that need it. It'll also bring in, and this is pointed out in the New Bedford Light story, it'll also bring in other folks too, people who are not quite ready to buy, but could be, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't found the place they want to buy or they're waiting to see what happens with their job, see if they get relocated. There's there's a lot of factors that would make people want to be less permanent in that particular time in their life. There are also this, and, and, and Grace writes about this in the story, there's this new kind of class, generation, whatever you want to call it, group, where they can afford higher rents, but they just can't afford the mortgage. So they might be caught in like a, a, a 1000 to a $500 a month gap that maybe in a couple of years when they pay off their car or finish paying off their student loans, they'll be in a different position and then ready to buy. Or maybe they want to move out of their parents' house. You know, not every person these days, not every young person that moves out of their parents' house, especially because people are moving out later and later, not everybody has to go out and get a a place with four other roommates or rent the apartment over somebody's garage. I mean, there are people who are moving out of the house into $2,000 a month places. And so then that keeps them from taking that apartment over the garage. They could go to somebody that is lower income. So I think that there is a trickle-down effect, and I think that that's why you see so much support for building all types of, of housing. And Grace in the story at newbedfordlight.org talks to housing advocates, housing experts, and they all say the same thing. You need a mix. Now, people worry about gentrification, but that mix has always existed. You know, New Bedford has always had tenements in certain areas, and it's always had mansions in other areas, going back well over 150 years. So it does all balance out, and, and having that mix will keep a healthy, healthier economy. Because if you are bringing in people that live in those high-end places, those people are spending more money. Or they have more money to spend. They're going out to restaurants. They're shopping downtown. They're utilizing the airport. They'll probably be utilizing South Coast Rail. So that mix is beneficial. You might feel differently, 508-996-0500. You can also send app chat messages or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Right now, though, I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. We will take your phone calls, your app chat messages, your open line voicemails, all of that coming up after the news. 508-996-0500. Uh, we'll talk more about this housing 
idea, the idea that there is a need for housing across the board of all different income levels. We can talk more about the wind turbine. And uh, there's also an interesting report from the Standard Times today regarding the the firing of former New Bedford Fire Chief Paul Cordero. We'll get into that too. Uh, but right now, it's time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day from Ariel Dorsey. Senate has confirmed 425 military nominees after Senator Tommy Tuberville dropped his hold on military confirmations. The Alabama Republican had put a hold on confirmations for 10 months because of the Pentagon's abortion policy, but told reporters Tuesday that now he'll only block military promotions for four-star generals. Donald Trump says he'll be a dictator only on day one if reelected. The former president made the comment Tuesday at a town hall in Iowa. During the event, he was asked about the possible abuse of power if reelected and replied mockingly that he would only be a dictator on day one and then he'd get down to working on his agenda. Mass shootings in the U.S. are at a record high. The Washington Post gun violence database shows there have been 38 mass shootings with four or more deaths this year, up from last year's record of 36. Shootings in Dallas and Vancouver, Washington on Sunday helped set the new record, pushing the number of deaths to just under 200. At least two deaths are blamed on an at atmospheric river that's been dumping heavy rain on the Pacific Northwest for three straight days. The National Weather Service says up to eight inches of rain has fallen across the region, causing creeks to rise and possibly killing two people who may have been killed by floodwaters. Hollywood actors have voted to ratify their contract. The move means that the longest labor battle in Hollywood history is now officially over following a 118-day strike by SAG-AFTRA members that was suspended after a tentative agreement was reached in early November. It was approved Tuesday with 78% voting in favor. And a co-founder of the Moody Blues and Wings has passed away. Denny Lane helped form the Moody Blues in 1964 and scored an early hit with their cover of Bessie Banks go now. He left the group in 1967 and later joined Paul McCartney in forming Wings in 1971. Denny Lane passed away this week at the age of 79. In sports, the Celtics begin a five-game homestand Friday night when they host the New York Knicks at TD Garden. Friday night's battle is the third of five meetings between the Celtics and Knicks during the regular season. The Celtics have earned a victory through each of the first two games. According to ESPN, Patriots Ramondre Stevenson suffered a high ankle sprain and is expected to miss a few weeks. Stevenson sustained the injury during the first quarter of their game against the Chargers after being hip drop tackled. The Patriots will turn to Ezekiel Elliott who was in the first season in Foxborough as the leader in the backfield. New England will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers for Tuesday night football at Acrisure Stadium. After coming from behind to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Bruins are hosting a division rival. The Black and Gold take on the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. We'll see a lot of clouds this morning in easternmost areas of Mass. It may even translate to a scattered stray snow shower, but little to no accumulation is expected. It's going to be a chilly one. Look for a high near 37. For tonight, clearing and cold. Your low will drop closer to 20 degrees. Ever Thursday, mostly sunny with a high near 38. 
Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. We've already said... back in and that is the moody blues with denny lane and uh rest in peace denny if you missed it uh, a couple of months ago actually early last year i had denny lane on wbsm here uh he was playing at the music room in yarmouth and they offered hey would you like to interview denny lane i said yes absolutely a musical legend like that rock and roll hall of famer absolutely so uh he joined us and had a, we had a great conversation, and uh, there's an article up about it in the podcast and everything. You can hear it for yourself. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel, but uh, just a great guy, and he had great stories to share and left behind so much amazing music. So I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to play a little, little more of his contributions to the musical world this morning. 508-996-0500. We got an app chat message from Jeff in Fall River who says, Good morning, Tim. T Omega sounds like the name of a fraternity. That's the name of the wind company that launched the test turbine out in Clark's Cove. The windmill is temporary. People are making a big deal out of nothing. It's wintertime. There isn't anyone at the beaches lying on the sand watching the windmill. And I, I think from that perspective, Jeff, you're right that there is... Um, there's a bit of an overreaction to what it is, but I don't know if there's an overreaction to how it got there. And I think that's what people are most upset about is the fact that this was done. And, and, and I can see both sides of it. If you are the New Bedford Port Authority, you say, well, why do we need to alert you when all we did was issue a mooring permit, which we do for other vessels, why would we need to tell you that we, we we put out a mooring permit? And then the other side of that is you would think that they would want to announce that there is this research and testing being done, that they would want to be celebrating that, the fact that New Bedford was considered the place to be for conducting this test. But then the other other side of it is what ended up happening. And this is what Senator Montigny talked about with Chris yesterday. He said, what I thought would happen, happened. In the fact that nobody knew what was going on. So the rumor mill began. As, as Senator Montigny referred to it as the conspiracy theories. When people don't know what's going on, 
when there is a, a lack of information, an absence of information, you get people that tend to fill in the gaps. And it doesn't take long. You know, we used to call it the telephone game when we were kids. Remember playing the telephone game where you'd all sit in a circle? Maybe it'd be the whole class. I don't know how many kids were in your class, but say 20 to 30 kids sitting in a circle. And then the first person gets a word. Usually the teacher would whisper it in their ear to avoid getting, you know, using a word that you shouldn't use. But that first kid whispers it into the ear of the next kid and so on and so on around the circle. And then the last person in the circle has to blurt out what it was that they heard. And inevitably it was always different. Was it different because somebody misheard? No, it was different because somewhere along the line, someone decided to insert something that wasn't part of the story. And that's what ends up happening in a situation like this is you get people who are just throwing out information. People who are maybe anti-wind turbine who start throwing in the information. Well, you know, they're... This is actually going to be a full-size wind turbine. It's going to be 400 feet tall. They're actually building 10 of them. This is just the first one. The other nine are coming, and pretty soon you're not going to be able to look out your window at Clark's Cove without seeing an entire row of windmills. And it, it gets to that point. It gets that ridiculous with misinformation, especially on social media. You know, Tom Kennedy, when he called in to tell us about it, he was trying to be as straightforward and factual as he could be. He went down there and tried to talk to people. He had talked to somebody at the library. He tried to share all the information. Now, I think what he got was he got the pitch of what the floating wind turbine is all about. Not about what the research project was about. That's what it seems like to me. But then what ends up happening is it doesn't take much for people to conflate that and, and realize or or... or push forward the idea, bring into reality the fact that this is going to be something bigger than it is because they don't have any information about what it is. And people don't like a mystery. They like to fill in the gaps. That's why they love true crime because everybody wants to solve it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Tom. Been a while. My phone was stolen and it returned after eight days in a very mysterious way, but I don't tell you that face to face but mm. um by the time mark was on the last few minutes of chris's show yesterday mark said it so clearly so many elected officials or different departments that should have been sent information even just an update or some kind of notice had no clue which adds to all of people being pissed off in the conspiracies like oh my god what are they forcing down our throat like you just said nine or ten by springtime and blah, 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 blah. Simple communication. We have all these projects been going on for the last 25 years trying to improve energy and creating new Bedford in the South Coast. And yet something like this doesn't get passed up the chain. Lack Phil, of information, lack of communication. Phil, I get an email every week. Anybody in the media gets an email every week with all of the construction projects that are going on around the city. Like, you can't right. tell me that this couldn't be something that they would have put out a press release about. And also, why were they not touting this? Why was there not a release that says, you know, New Bedford is honored to have T. Omega Wind choose the city as being the place to conduct this very important research for the future of wind turbines? Like, you would think you would get something like and, that. And I love John, John, the man's a personal friend of mine. 
he, he touts that he wants this to be the most energy efficient city in the country. And he's part of all those committees for all those years. He was even president of it or chairman like five or six years ago. And wait a minute. And, and yet, you're right. Why not tout this? Yeah. I mean, I, we're, we're ahead of the game. We, we, we're grateful that they believe in us. And they want to try this right here. And then pass that down to the community so everybody gets a general understanding of what at least they're trying to do. And I get if people were out of the office, you know, the mayor was out of the office and and uh, and one of the press people were sick. But according to Dave Forbes from T Omega Win, he told me this Monday, two days ago, that they had actually put the mooring in or gotten the mooring permit. The, no, I think he said they actually put the mooring in. I have to go back and look at my notes. But that was actually the Monday prior. So they had a whole week of lead up to, to know that this was happening to be able to put something out. Yeah. Drop the ball, going into holidays, nice way to frustrate people who are already under a lot of stress. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, the good thing is, is it, it's not as bad as people thought. So hopefully that gives them a little bit of peace of mind. But right, we hope this, I don't, I don't have confidence that we're going to avoid a situation like this in the future either. Absolutely. But I'm glad we're reconnected again and um, trying to get my things back in order. All right. Well, good hearing from you. Hey, hey, you must have been going through a drought with me not picking on you for more than a week. <laughs> you must have been thinking, I, what's up with Phil? Is he away in the hospital or something? I've got it all stored in my mind, so if I ever need to, to go back into the files and pull it out, I've got it there. Okay, buddy, have a good one. Take it easy. Right. And, and uh, let's see if we can squeeze in another call here before I get to take a break. Good morning, you're next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Yes, um, I'm curious... When you talk about the wind farms, how how come like the two in Fairhaven, one's always down, one's barely running. They don't explain what the output of those wind turbines are putting out as far as bolts, amps, or whatever, what they're supplying to what facilities. And when you talk about them going in the sound, what is it going to produce? Is it going to light up the city of New Bedford? Is that the goal? Because nobody's explaining that, and you're just going to put a couple propellers out in the water and try to fool the people with something that it's supposed to produce that it doesn't. Well, I don't, so, it's it's not going to go directly to the city per se. It's it's going to go to the uh, energy providers. But the the information is out there about um, the Fairhaven turbines because I saw it the other day when I was looking up the height of it, it tells you like what the output is. There's, there's all these different pages online that give you all the information about it. Um, but the difference is uh, this is going to be something, you know, being out there in, in the ocean that they could have these things running all the time if they wanted to. The Fairhaven one, I believe that they had to make a commitment to not run both at the same time because people were concerned about the noise factor. So they said, we won't, we won't, we, excuse me, we won't, we will not run both at the same time. So I think that's why you don't okay. see them both running. So how efficient is that? So that's not efficient. That's just like a paperweight sitting up there that the people got put on them because if it's not doing anything, if it's not producing anything, and then you have problems of noise. So now we can't run both of them. But even just to the basic, what if you were running both of them? What is that supplying? It what, is. What is that going to light up? Well, who's who's saving on both? Of, if if those have been up for years, I haven't seen both of those run once together simultaneously. So, and if they were to do that, what are they? Where's the savings? I I mean I don't know. That would be something that would be a question for the energy suppliers. 
of what so are they? That gets back to the push of the the energy conversation. So we just put these things out there, and the true data is not being disclosed. So we we the people can know what these things are actually going to do. Now, I would think you'd be better off putting solar panels everywhere versus some wind turbines that are out in the water. You've got a lot of different variables with ocean life and all that stuff, the fishermen, our location. There's all these different questions that that they don't have the answers to. And if they do have the answers, they haven't said them because I would assume if you're going to put a big project like that in place, y'all going to have all that information. I wouldn't be, because I try to pay attention, so I wouldn't be calling you on talk radio and asking you for the information, which you don't have. Mm -hmm. So, again, they have to, like, really get deep into that. What's the end goal for those wind turbines? Well, we'll... we'll I, I, I'll see if I can get more specifics about the uh, how often they run each one because there's got to be that information's got to be online for at least the Fairhaven ones to get to get you an answer for that. I'll see yeah, what I can I mean, find. I would hope that they, you know, and we have a couple of those big companies. They bailed out of this because the funding they expected it to be A, and it turned out to be B, and now two big corporations pulled out. If I'm not correct. Um, so again, the well, push they, of this, they pulled out fast. to be able to renegotiate so they can get more money. Exactly. Because they thought it was going to be a, and it turned out to be B. Mm -hmm. So again, if they keep pushing, that's all this seems to be is a big push, a big push for energy independence, but they're going about it the wrong way. They, they, it's too fast, too soon. They don't have all the data and especially in our location of new England, our waterways, and you want to just stick these things out here and it's clearly been proven in Fairhaven, and you just said it, well, you can't run both of them because of the noise. And w if you see one running, you're lucky. Well, uh, well so, I'll see if I can get somebody, too, that can come on that can really get into the um, ins and outs of why one runs at one time and one runs at the other. We'll see if we can get some answers to that. I got to hold you there, though, because I got to take a break. But thank you for the call. Thank you. And I do have to take that break. When we come back, we'll talk more with you. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. And welcome back in. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Not bad. Um, so I, I got a, a bone to pick with a lot of people who are against wind turbines, which I, I find it ironic that they're, they're trying to play up this environmentalist thing, right? They're, they're trying to be the, the person who comes out and says, look at the whales. They're so, they're, they're being harmed by these wind turbines out in the ocean. Meanwhile, they'll advocate for offshore oil drilling and creating millions and millions of gallons of oil to spill into the Gulf of Mexico and, and across various bodies of water. My whole thing is, is, is they actually don't care. Because if this was an oil rig being put out in the middle of the ocean, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't be voicing their opposition to it. But because it's a wind turbine, that's when they care about the, the whales and the shellfish and all the, the marine life. Because we see dozens and dozens of, of oil rigs out in the Gulf of Mexico, and not one of these conservative people voiced opposition to it. 
and, and I find it very hypocritical. Now, I'm against the wind turbine for a different reason. I'm against wind turbines because it's not economical yet. It's not um, feasible and cheap enough to produce without a government subsidy, to produce without, you know, the, the ratepayer paying an exorbitant amount of uh, money toward the energy company. I think our best bet is to build more nuclear power plants, but, you know, there's a lot of opposition on, on that end, too. But when I hear people call in here and they consistently, oh, the, the poor whales, the poor whales, the poor are, are fishermen. What about all the, the, the people out in the Gulf of Mexico that are, they, they, they uh, throw for shrimp and they, they can't because there's, uh, there's an oil leak. There was literally an oil leak. Just this uh, last month in, in either October or November, millions of gallons of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico. And not one of these people either knew about it because their news source is, you know, just a, you know, an echo chamber of, you know, their own ideology. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't actually care. Well, I yeah, think it's just frustrating. Yeah, and I think the fact is, is it's just it's different. It's change, and they don't want to see change. That that that's what it boils down to more than anything. But um, you think I so. I I, I, I do. don't think so. What what I think is it's the type of energy that's being produced by who is proposing it. That's true too. Right? Yeah, it, no. It's, it's a liberal, right? It's this liberal guy who's proposing wind turbines. Because if it was a Republican idea. And we've seen this consistently in the past. If it's a Republican idea, it's good, right? So we're going to take Obamacare, for instance, was modeled after Mitt Romney, which was modeled after the Heritage Foundation, which is a very conservative think tank out of Washington, D.C. They had no problem because actually Romney care was a prototype in opposition to Hillary care in the 90s. And these people, they don't even know about it. But they, they had no problem with it then. Now, because Obama did it, they didn't like it. Yeah, and I, and that, it really comes down to who proposes it. And, it's, and that goes for both sides, Tim. It goes for both sides. I got so to hold, I gotta go hold you there just because I got to take a break. But, Bye, brother. But thank you. You have a good day. And and I, I do have to take a break, but we will take more of your calls coming up. I just have to go to the break, and we'll be right back. Tom. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.